Hi guys, welcome to episode 4 of the Healing Haley Show. If you're here again, thank you for being here and thank you for showing up for yourself. So today we're going to be talking about emotional maturity again. We're going to specifically focus on navigating relationships with people who want to work on their emotional maturity and people who are resistant or have no real intention. So quick disclaimer, I am not a licensed professional. I'm just a girl who's sharing her story in hopes that it can help a few people along the way. And if you are looking for that help, then definitely go seek it elsewhere if you want to stay and keep listening. As I said, we're talking about emotional maturity, part three. So there is a part one and two. Definitely go check out those videos. This video is going to make a lot more sense to you if you do. Before we jump into it, my name's Haley Foreman. I'm going to be your host. Like this video if you do and definitely subscribe right there it helps me out and i would greatly appreciate it so let's start with a quick recap of the last episode we spoke about signs for recognizing emotional immaturity within ourselves those same signs are going to help us recognize it in other people so let's just kind of list them again and get familiar with them again they have a hard time committing or committing in relationships. They get defensive. They make everything about them. Um, they have a hard time going deep or being vulnerable in their connections. And last but not least, they have a hard time owning their mistakes. So apologizing, saying sorry, or taking any accountability is usually very difficult for an emotionally immature person. Another indicator of emotional immaturity is when you're in a connection with someone who is emotionally immature, you feel very alone. There is this sense of loneliness. So that's definitely something to watch out for. If you're starting to maybe look at these signs and you can see them in your connections and you want to have a conversation about this and find out if the person's willing to to work on things because probably your needs aren't being met or your boundaries are being broken in some way or you just feel unsafe in the connection then now you want to start thinking about how you can communicate that and and find out if they do want to work on it so you definitely don't want to just say, hey, I read this thing about emotional immaturity and you check all these boxes. So you're emotionally immature and you need to work on that for this relationship or this connection to work. You definitely don't want to do that. What you want to do is start with yourself. Recognize what your needs and boundaries are. We spoke about this in the last rela- in the last episode also and I told you to write a list down of what makes you feel safe in relationships. So if you do have that list, then what you need to do now is get really specific about those needs and boundaries because your needs and boundaries in a friendship are going to be different than your needs and boundaries in a partnership or your needs and boundaries with a parent or with a sibling or whatnot. So once you kind of get specific about that stuff, and you know how you feel and you know what you require, now you can put that list side by side with your relationship or the specific connection you're speaking of 
and you can say okay this is where we're struggling this is where my needs aren't being met you know this is where my boundaries are kind of being crossed and I need to bring light to that and 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 whatever so once you get into that and really know how you feel around it then you want to also add some details so maybe add some specifics as to when your needs weren't met or how it made you feel and when your boundaries weren't were broken and how that made you feel and just be kind of specific because it's possible that you know when you do have this conversation the other person may want to gain some perspective for understanding you know they, they may not know exactly what you mean by you just saying oh you didn't meet my needs because you did this. Like they may need a little bit more or they may need to know how that looked in the past. So definitely get that all together as well. Now, when you're at a place where you're ready and you're like, okay, I've, I've gotten this all together. Now you need to think about how do I have this conversation? You need to decide for you what makes you comfortable and what makes you feel safe is it having a conversation in a direct way or is it having a conversation in an indirect way like maybe um a phone call or a letter or email or maybe even a text message although i wouldn't suggest that i personally would suggest direct communication in person I think it leaves less room for error. error. Um, and also, it. I think it lets the other person know that you really care about it. You know, more indirect ways can, can kind of come off as if you, you care a little bit less. And then... The third thing that direct communication does is it allows you to have a back and forth with someone. You know, you you guys can both hold space, but then you can get into a place of having that back and forth and maybe compromising on some things. So you have to do what you have to do to feel safe, though. Um, So you choose that. And even if you're maybe, maybe you do want to have the conversation directly, but you're a little bit nervous about starting it off. So maybe... You want to start it off with a, with a letter and then you want to move to maybe having the conversation in person. Then, you know, that's an option too. Like there's, there's lots of options. So um, just sit and think about what what might look best for you. And then when you have this conversation, just from yourself, you need to be honest. You need to be authentic you need to be clear and you need to be direct when you do all of these things you also need to be very gentle and very kind and understand how it would feel to receive this because to some degree even if people are emotionally mature to some degree a conversation like this can start with um a very immediate feeling of oh, this person's having this conversation with me because they're dissatisfied on some level. And that can be scary, you know? So um, 
you definitely want to be as kind as you can in that moment. And after you've done that, you move forward and you say, okay, I'm going to do it in this way and I'm going to communicate my feelings to them. I want to talk about one more thing really quickly before you do that. Focus a little bit on how someone is going to receive it. Not just that, you know, they may be um, a little bit offended or, or something, but how someone is actually going to receive the way you communicate with them. So I'll give you an example or I'll kind of show you how I failed at this. For me, I often communicate in a way that I would want to be communicated with. So I want my communication to just be direct and like tell me what happened and, you know, still be be kind, but just tell me, like don't leave anything out. Just tell me exactly what it is. Like that's what I need um, to feel safe when like, someone's communicating with me let's talk about what can affect your style of communication number one your culture where you're from for me i'm from jamaica jamaica is a very critical place it's very um people just speak very directly sometimes too directly and I love Jamaica I actually love that style of communication I think it is what's necessary I think it allows for connection because you're actually saying how you feel and there isn't all this in between and whatnot but like I said you know there is some uh there are definitely ways that People can communicate a little bit better in Jamaica, though. You know, it's not to say that it's just um, perfect, but I definitely think it's the better style of communicating versus not saying how you feel and being worried about what the other person's going to think or not want to place in your opinions on someone else. Like, I'm not about that kind of individualistic mentality. Like, I'm, I just, I don't like that. But your culture can affect things, your attachment style can affect things, so how you attach in relationships, and that really comes from uh, the type of role models that you had as a kid, like typically parents or your caregivers, and how, like, how you were affected by them, and for me, I associate more, or I relate to uh, an anxious attachment more, like, even though I'm avoidant in ways, I kind of lean anxious. And anxious people tend to receive criticism in a in a better way. Not always, but they tend to. Then I had a parent who was also just critical by nature. And that criticism was, was often helpful. But, it, you know, sometimes it was bad. But still, I had a lot of criticism as a kid so I'm more able to receive it and number four is I grew up playing a lot of team sports so from you know prep school to high school like I almost consistently was 
at least on one team and the dynamic between yourself and a coach or yourself and your teammates usually involves um, a healthy level of criticism and constructive criticism so obviously criticism can look like oh you're doing it the wrong way like what's wrong with you or you're never going to be able to do it the right way that is bad criticism you know that's different versus you saying hey you know you're doing this in this way this is like the 10th time we're speaking about it and you're gonna hit this thing if you keep reversing in that way don't do that you know some people may even not be okay with that like that may seem very harsh to them even though you're being helpful and you're you're constructively criticizing them because you're trying to show them not only that like they're doing something that's not going to work but how they can fix it Uh, but now I'm going to talk about avoidant attachment styles and how even an avoidant attachment style may look at that and think that's too critical you know some people are just not a good fit for other people if that's if that's the case you know but for me like I said, I want that in my life. I want someone to tell me like, hey, do this better because it's going to help you. Like whatever's going to make my life easier and more efficient, tell me. I'm not going to make it personal, you know, and uh, maybe I would need to be in a relationship with someone who is willing to accept that as well. But avoidant people typically had role models who uh, weren't good with criticism or, or or weren't criticizing them in a way that was constructive or you know they just tend to be much more sensitive to criticism so you definitely need to uh, try and figure out like if your partner is uh, avoidant in some way or you know not to say that anxious people can't be sensitive to criticism because I'm sure that they can but I'm just saying for me I I find that it's mainly avoidant people that I see have that uh, extreme sensitivity so now that you've kind of uh, thought about those things you can think to yourself okay do I need to maybe reword some of the the things that I'm saying or be careful about some of the things that I'm saying because it could be perceived differently by this person you can't go to an extreme for this because now you're just walking on eggshells right like you can't walk on eggshells in your relationship like you have to be able to say how you feel you know if another person is making you feel like anytime you express yourself you're arguing or um criticizing them then they need to go do that work on their own that's their own business you know if if it's every time if it's not just like specifically them saying hey like I know you're trying to help me but when you say this thing it specifically hurts my feelings could you maybe not try and say that like for me I used to uh, I had this in my life where I would say like someone was saying something like they were saying how they felt around something I'm like don't feel like that like that's so stupid and that was like a big thing like people really did not like that and I had to stop saying that even though it wasn't coming from a place of like you're stupid you know it it was just me saying like no like like that thing is stupid don't don't feel that way you know some people for them specifically that word is triggering for whatever reason and maybe they'll talk to you about that but um for me I just I I I just stopped uh, saying that because it it just wasn't coming off well so 
you know, there are some people in my life who are fine with it. Like some people in my life get it and they're like, yeah, that is kind of stupid. They don't really personalize it. But like I said, there can be specific things that are triggering for people. So be open to hearing that or be open to um, thinking about that before you have this conversation. Then now you're going to sit down with the person, you're going to have this conversation and if they receive it well to some degree and they do want to work on things, now you need to think about how you can start communicating around the solutions and what's going to happen moving forward. This is something that I did that really doesn't work. If you use you statements, like, well, you're doing this and if you did this, I think it would be better. Even saying that is not gonna be helpful. You need to always use I statements. I feel this way. You also need to use we statements so that you're constantly reinforcing the fact that it's you and them versus the problem. So I feel this way when this happens and I think we should do this. You not you don't just need to say I think we should do this. You also need to say how you should do it. So you need to propose a solution. So stop using you statements, start using I statements, start using we statements and propose solutions. That is going to dramatically shift the conversation and really help you here. So an example would be your partner um Every day when you guys have dinner, they're on their phone. Or even if it's your mom. You need to sit down and have a conversation and say, Hey, I feel like when we have dinner and you're on your phone, it really takes away from our ability to connect and to be vulnerable. And I feel unsafe in the connection because of that. Could we maybe start putting our phones away when we have dinner? Something like that. You need to have a conversation that's saying how you can move forward in a better way. And then be open to that person saying, you know, hey, I don't want to be on my phone. Could we maybe have dinner at um, eight o'clock rather than seven o'clock? Because at seven o'clock, I'm technically still working. And that's why I'm often on my phone. And it's not because I don't care about you or care about connecting. But if we had dinner just a little bit later, um, could we could we try that? And then you would have to obviously know hear that and, and compromise and find a way to make that work as well because you know certain people do have obligations or there may be reasons why they're on their phone so be open to that and hold space and listen you know and and try to as i said work on the solution together so we kind of just got into what it may look like if you have a conversation with someone who 
is emotionally mature. Let's talk about the opposite, someone who's resistant. If you bring up how you feel around things that they've done, they can start to guilt you, shame you, be aggressive, sulk, be cold. The worst of all is I did not have this in my life, but I've had a lot of people in my life who has who have had this in their life. And honestly, it's it's so tough and I just want to like pour my heart out to people who have this in their life. The parent who this is specifically with parents, but it could be other relationships, but it mainly happens with with parents. they they show you that love and support when you say something so you say how you feel and they're like oh sweetie honey I'm, I'm sorry like I didn't realize I was doing that whatever I didn't realize I was such a bad mom I thought I was doing a good job being your parent I guess I'm not It is so hard for me to have compassion for people who do this, especially parents. But, you know, I live my life from a place of love now. Like, I know that there is a reason why they do that. But it is so hurtful. And I want to take a really quick minute to just validate your feelings if you have gone through this it is so hard to recognize and acknowledge it's 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 tough it really is but it is happening to you you know because why i said it's the worst is because it's so covert you don't realize it's happening because you're like no like you know my dad cares about me. He 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 says he he loves me and and you know he he hugs me and 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 like apologizes. But then it comes with all of that guilt after, and you're left feeling like I shouldn't have said what I said because now they feel so horrible about themselves as a person. So you think that they held space for you but they absolutely did not so once again I am validating your feelings I'm sorry if this has happened to you but you know start to acknowledge it now we're gonna move forward into okay this person is not responding in the way that we want them to respond what do we do here number one you cannot control somebody else's response. Somebody else's reaction to what you say is not your business. It's really hard advice, but the thing that you have to do here in these relationships is completely detach. Not necessarily detach from the relationship, that's up to you whatever you may want to do but you know some people have relationships in their life that they can't detach from um 
because it's their parent and they're, you know, 23, but they still live in their parents' house and they still have to have a relationship with their parent. What do you have to do here? You have to detach. Literally say it in your mind, detach, detach, detach. This is in the book. Read that book, um, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents. It is really going to help you. But this is a part that's in the book where you have to repeat that to yourself. You have to recognize that the outcome has to be detached from. Because if you think about what has happened thus far, especially in a relationship with someone who you're close to, who you've maybe expressed yourself to multiple times, you have to start detaching from any outcome because they've pretty much proven to you that they're not willing to see your perspective. The reason that this is happening is because someone can only understand you at their level of understanding. So once you recognize that, you can depersonalize it and you can be like, this person is not able to see what I'm saying. So no matter how many times I say it, what way I say it in, like none of that is going to matter. And you have to get comfortable with that first. You know, and it can be especially hard if it's a relationship with a parent or an older sibling or something like pers- someone you, you kind of have on a pedestal in your life. That can be very, very difficult. But you have to knock them off that pedestal and you have to recognize that you know, in ways your relationship may be, like, I can look at my relationship with my dad and I can say, oh, like, he's a really intelligent person. Like, he's taught me a lot of really great things. But also, he's, like, not showed up for me emotionally. And I just have to hold that duality and move forward. And I can say, okay, like, I can still you know, ask him for advice at times, even though I know he may go off on a tangent about this and that and all the things I'm going to do wrong. And what I can do in that situation now is I can I can still have the conversation if I want to. If you have to understand your own capacity and your own bandwidth for um, these interactions. So for me, I'm okay with it. But I can have that conversation And I can listen to all the good things he may have to say. And then once he starts going down a different road now, I can just be like, okay, dad, like all I asked you was just for this advice. Thank you for giving me that advice. And that's it. And you literally like detach from anything else and realize that no matter how you respond to it, no matter how you react, it's going to happen again. It and I'm not saying that like every relationship is doomed and just because someone responds in this way first doesn't mean that like at some point, um, you know, your mom could reach out to you and say, hey, I realize I responded in this way. Now can we move forward in a healthier way? I would like to try to do what you were suggesting before. You know, maybe it will take people a little bit of time, but All I'm saying is you can't wait for that. You can't hope for that. 
Some people do not want to move out of their emotional immaturity. Some people want to stay there. Some people are too scared to move out of it. There's, there's lots of different things, but it doesn't change the fact that they're not moving out of it. And you have to do what's good for you in that moment. So I wish that there was another explanation. I wish that there was something I could say to make the actual relationship different, but there isn't. The truth is that the only way to make those relationships different is to change your perspective and your um, expectation of what's going to happen. You know, and and that can be difficult at first and it takes time and it takes trying and it takes, you know, different things happening. And you may decide like, hey, I just don't want this relationship in my life. And that's okay. Like if you feel like you keep putting your foot out and it keeps getting stamped on, you have every right to be like, no, I'm not putting my foot back out there if you don't want to, if you don't feel like it's ever going to get better. Um... I think you should, if you are in a safe situation, I think you should push yourself to try because I think that's what life is about. But once again, that's my own personal opinion. So it's totally up to you. So we kind of spoke about, you know, how it can look in different ways. Someone wrote in a question and they asked me, you know, what happens when you get to a place of understanding why someone may be acting this way and having compassion for them and um you know really empathizing with why they're acting the way that they are but that person is still in a place of like not being vulnerable and is still being toxic in some ways first things first if you are in a harmful situation like physically, mentally, emotionally harmful, then you have to step away. If if it's anything outside of that, like if it's just that your dynamics are off, maybe you haven't had enough conversations, maybe there's still some room to work on things, like you can still try, then what you need to do now is um, really understand that compassion and understanding are important but you can have compassion and understanding from over here and that person's over there you know it doesn't mean you have to have that person in your life but you can just still have compassion and understanding for them and you have to be really like honest with yourself about how the relationship is affecting you because I spoke about that earlier in the episode and saying that like hey I didn't recognize how much it was affecting me and how much it was causing me to you know even um even though that happened to me multiple times throughout my life like this wasn't just one specific connection like this was multiple and I didn't realize until the last time it happened that I was like oh my gosh like I am allowing this to keep happening to me So that's the only thing I would say to be really careful about. If you do try to move forward, be really honest with yourself about where you're at. And if someone is just still being toxic, then you definitely need to 
have a conversation about maybe getting help to find some tools to work on those things because most people are being toxic or acting in an unhealthy way because they don't truly know what's happening at the root of of um their feelings and then it's causing them to act out in that way you know so maybe you guys need to get help maybe you need to get help help separately maybe you just need to take some distance for a while and then come back together it it's totally up to you and what you decide um but i don't think that compassion and understanding should be an excuse for you to stay in the relationship or the connection if it's harmful you know like but i do think it's important to like this whole episode is about saying your peace and saying how you feel because i i think it's unfair to yourself first of all and to other people to not have a conversation about it first and even try to see if you can work on it um I, I just I like I said I don't really like the way that the world is shifting and how everybody is a narcissist now like narcissistic personality disorder is one to three percent of people in the world but so many people now are like oh yeah my partner's a narcissist my, my or my ex was a narcissist and and I'm an empath and I just had too many feelings for that person and it's like probably not like not gonna lie yes maybe some of their actions were narcissistic but probably some of your actions were narcissistic too you know people who are really um who really identify with that like empath you often personalize situations are often making things very about you and not recognizing it you know like that can happen too so i don't like I said, I do not subscribe to, to that. Like, yes, maybe you'll hear me use the word toxic from time to time, but it's not like a person is toxic. It's just that like your behavior or your dynamic may be at that point and things need to be worked on. Um, but to answer your question, if it's harmful, get out of that situation if it's something you feel you have the capacity to keep working on with that person and you think that they're actually taking steps towards um, shifting, if you think that they're like not taking steps towards it and they're just still being um, toxic and not opening up and not sharing how they feel, then you have to set a timeline. Setting a timeline is one of the most important things in saying, hey, this is happening in this relationship. At what point do I need to say no? no more if if I don't see any change and some people look at this as like an ultimatum for me I I would rather be honest I would rather be honest in that moment and let that person know like this is this is what's happening this is how bad I feel you know I would rather let that person know so it's I mean ultimatums to me are a little bit different like an ultimatum is more like well if you don't propose to me next year like where I'm out of this relationship where it's like you're just forcing a person to like do something you want them to do whereas this is more like no the the dynamic of our relationship is actually hurting me at this point because you said you were willing to work on things and you're not working on things in a way that's actually creating um significant change in our dynamic you know 
um, that is that those are two different things to me. So for me, I would openly express like, hey, like I can only do this for a couple more months because I'm I'm getting to my end here. Some people would prefer to just not have that conversation and just or not say that specifically and just say, hey, we need to start working on this. Like we need to go. Like we need to go on this day. You need to make an appointment for us to go see someone or get help or whatever. And if the person doesn't show up, if if the, if um, the person does show up and then doesn't actually make any changes after or, or whatever, then you can decide how you move forward in in whichever way it's it's occurring. If you're having the conversation with someone and you say we need to get help and they're coming with you and they go to a therapy session and you guys are opening up during that session and even after that session you you're seeing that the person's becoming more vulnerable then stay and keep working on it if you if you feel that you can but if you're in a situation where you know they're just showing up because it feels like you asked them to and they're just doing it because you asked them to and they think that's enough then now you need to start saying, okay, it's January. And if by March, like this person isn't actively showing on their side that they're willing to um, move forward with this and actually initiate change, then I can't keep doing this. You know? and, and, and it's an unfortunate thing, but you have to set that boundary for yourself because if you don't, if you don't set that timeline, you will start to... Uh, betray yourself because now you're staying in a relationship that isn't meeting your needs that is breaking your boundaries and is making you feel really unsafe and the things that can happen from that point are they are bad I will eventually talk about what's happened to me in my life like at another point like further down the series but things in that space can get very very bad so um my advice is be honest guys this is the end of the video it's gone almost 40 minutes now and i hope that i was able to condense it all as you see like these episodes got longer and longer and there's so much to talk about in this topic like emotional maturity is so broad and so important so i hope if you have watched all three of these episodes and you have gotten to the end of this episode that you really recognize how important it is to sit down with yourself and understand your own emotional maturity so you can start, um, you know, bringing that self to your relationships now and start having more fulfilling relationships in your life. And one more thing, this is never blaming another person. This is never saying another person is bad or whatever. I don't believe that. I just believe that you know, your dynamics at times can be misaligned or, you know, it can they can just not be um, healthy at the time. So everything can change. Everything can heal. I 100% believe that. So hopefully you can believe that too at some point in your life because it really allows you to just see the world in 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 a in a beautiful way. You know, you, you no longer have this finality and these... Um, boxes that you're living in of like oh it can only look this way or look that way you know it really opens things up and creates a lot more happiness and abundance in your life so thank you for listening guys lots of love lots of light i will see you in the next episode i'm going to be doing two episodes a week 
Uh, this one is coming out on Thursday, so maybe I'll do Thursdays and Sundays, maybe Wednesdays and Sundays, or one of those days, but I'll figure it out and I'll keep the episodes coming. Lots of love, lots of light. See you in the next episode. Bye.